0: So before we get into Oscar stuff, Mm. uh, two very unfortunate obits that we need to uh, make mention of. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the first really, really big one that everybody is aware of is Albert Finney.
1: Yeah, man. Um, We we had an interesting conversation in our emails. You, me, uh, uh, Ray Green. And Mark. uh, And Mark Kaiser. And um, uh, really interesting where we all went on that day. Different movies. Different movies. I went straight to Miller's Crossing. Yeah. I went straight to Miller's Crossing. Uh, and I went to Tom Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And uh, um, uh, you know, it's um, uh, Ray uh, that that wonderful movie, uh, uh, the the the, uh, the one based on the director's life. his divorce.
0: Oh, uh, uh, shoot the moon. Shoot the Alan moon. Parker's shoot yeah. the moon. Yeah, yeah. And Ray
1: went to shoot the moon, yeah. which is a beautiful movie. It's a fantastic. movie. Uh, you know, so it's just it's very interesting. Yeah. I even spent a little time talking about Wolfen.
0: Uh, I know. Underrated. Underrated. And Alonzo, our dear colleague Alonzo Duralde, uh, who, of course, is the Christmas expert, uh, very often does things for us at Christmas time. Uh, he went right to Scrooge, uh, you, know, you know, Anthony Beyond Newley case, musical.
1: I'd forgotten about that.
0: Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, th- that's the great thing about Finney is that he's not, uh, he's not that kind of star. You know, when, when, if, you, if you talk about, for example, a Cary Grant or a Humphrey Bogart or a whoever, you know, a Dustin Hoffman. I mean, when you, st- when you start getting you know, all the iconic parts, you just go, well, it was this and there was that and there was this and there was that, and you, go, and you roll through the top ten and everybody kind of hits them. Mm-hmm. And we all know them. But with Albert Finney, it's like this joy of discovery, and you're like, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, I forgot he was in that, too. He was in Aaron Brockovich, that's the, right. The, the, the,
1: dresser, the dresser. The is dresser is just, just absolutely, I mean, these exquisite films, and yeah. note, not a one of them. Uh, that old gangster yeah. in uh Miller's Crossing is about as far from that from that diva actor in the dresser as you can possibly get. It's true. You know, it's, it's amazing, true. Amazing yeah. thing.
0: He was uh and he was a he was a rare talent. He had, you know, he was the original he was the original choice for Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. Uh Brando technically was was the original choice, but Brando was the original choice for everything at the time. And uh, Brando, of course, chose to go. I don't think that was ever really a serious consideration. It was just, uh, we have a movie. It's expensive. Who's going to star in it, Brando? Yeah. That was just what you did in the 60s. Uh, but uh, he went on to do Mutiny on the Bounty. Uh, and uh, then it was it was all about Albert Finney, who was a real up-and-comer. And they shot for four days. Uh, at uh, Borumwood Studios just outside London with Albert Finney in full dress, through, you know, doing Lawrence. Four days. Jeffrey Unsworth, the cinematographer of 2001 Ooh. and Superman, shot for those four days. And all of those screen tests are at the uh, National Film Archive outside London. It's the only place you can go to see them. Wow. And, you know, you've got to take a train about an hour outside of London to get there. So it's, it's the most requested thing at the British National Film Archives, the BFI Archives. And uh, only a handful of people have ever seen him, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of something special. One of these days, I'm going to make a pilgrimage and do that. Worth the trip. Yeah, definitely worth That'll the trip. Finney. But not yeah. didn't, he didn't want to be a movie star, he said. And uh, Sam Spiegel allegedly wanted to lock him into a big contract. And uh, next thing you know, we, we're better for it because he went to do Tom Jones and we got Peter O'Toole out of the deal. It's an interesting thing,
1: though. I mean, because he he's an actor from that certain year, yep. uh, you know, those angry, those angry, those angry young men. Yep. Uh, and I I suppose he was a little bit younger than than Burton and uh, Bates yeah. and uh, uh you know the the, the some hard charging drinking guys yeah. He wasn't one of those guys
0: no no it, which which included Richard Harris yeah. and all those yeah they were all they and and O'Toole was one of those guys too he was yeah O'Toole the was one of those guys yeah uh you know he was a little old older than Finney too so uh yeah he wasn't really part of that but he knew all those guys mm-hmm. he was friends with them he was just too young to go to the pub with them yeah and and, uh, and but
1: somehow we lump
0: him in with those guys yeah uh, of that era but no actually you know he's almost a
1: generation younger than those guys you
0: know the other interesting thing is that uh the academy awards were a strictly american phenomenon for years and years and years and years now there were foreign films british films that got nominated right uh there was even you know like a french film on a couple of occasions i think uh uh Grand Illusion, you know, was kind of made a made a breakthrough in the in its era, but um, it wasn't until nineteen forty eight, Laurence Olivier's Hamlet, that was the first British film, the first non American film that won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, mm. won it outright, and Best Actor went to uh, Laurence Olivier, and that's because he was Olivier. No British film was able to achieve that feat again until 1963. Tom Jones and Albert Finney. Mm. That's a distinctive thing. Yeah. The only the the only this the second British film, the first British film since an Olivier film, to win Best Picture and capture Best Actor, and Albert Finney did it. And he was a young man. And you know why it was? Because he had a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. He was that naughty boy. Yeah. And yeah. everybody loved him for it. Yeah. All that career. hair,
1: but he wasn't a movie star.
0: Wasn't a movie wasn't star.
1: Wasn't a movie star. It was, not an, it was not. It was not. No. A, a gigantic sort of a uh, stage presence as Olivier had True. been some years before. Man. Yeah.
0: Well, we also this uh, last couple of weeks we also lost Nick Redman. Uh, Nick Redman was one of the founders and principals of Twilight Time. We talk about Twilight Time movies here all the time, and uh, he he did tons of audio commentaries both for Twilight Time movies and outside of Twilight Time. A a, a lover of film. A uh, profoundly uh, knowledgeable film historian and scholar, and uh, his untimely passing is really, really, uh, it it hurts. They just don't make him like that anymore. So Twilight Time will continue, and uh, they have a a lovely uh, tribute to him on their site. But uh, the passing of Nick Redman from Twilight Time is really a a very serious loss. Also worth noting, uh, Epics totally unexpectedly just launched their own SVOD service for 5.99 a month. People will we'll see if that competes with anything. I don't mm. know anybody who says, "Oh, I really want to add Epics to my Amazon and Netflix uh, accounts with Disney and Warner coming down the pike." Yeah. Uh, Epics is an MGM service. MGM doesn't have a lot of deep pockets these days. So I don't know how that's going to fly, but you know, it's it's uh, it's been around for a while, so there's that. Uh Tim, let's let's hit the the elephant in the room. Yeah. Cinematography, editing, mm. hair, and, co- hair and, uh, and makeup, and uh, live action short will not be presented during the uh, actual. I mean, they're going to be presented during the floor of the show, but you don't get to watch them. They'll do it during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Gil- 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 Guillermo del Toro said it best, you know, I mean, these these, particularly two. Uh, uh, crafts that are not a part of the um, written tradition or the yeah. theatrical tradition. It's perfectly ludicrous yeah. cinematography. Uh, <laughs> it's actually what the movies are made <laughs> out of. Uh, right? <laughs> you know? So, you yeah. know, that's kind of crazy. Um, and 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 not that I would suggest that they remove and uh, uh, sound or sound editing or something, but we must note that there was a long run of cinema history before we even added sound to the mix. Here, here's the we, thing: movies were movies without
0: I'm, talking. I'm so disappointed in the Academy over this. I'm so disappointed because they own the show, they call the shots, they can walk, they can do whatever they want, and A B and ABC are the ones who're pushing them around on this. And ABC says their show is too long. Yeah, you know what ABC? You know why the show's too long? Because it has too many commercials. Mm. So here's a, here's a thought. Um, they didn't used to air soccer games on network television because there's no there are no commercial breaks. You mm. know the, the game has a flow. There's no timeouts like there are in football and everything else. You know what are we gonna do? Uh, can't make money. Well, they figured out how to make money. Mm. They figured out because a lot of people watch soccer. So there's a way. So we can put a game on with only a halftime break, and you can have two 45-minute halves plus stoppage time and still make money off of advertising and sponsorship. You figure a way out. Yeah. How about this? How about not a commercial break every 15 minutes? Mm. How about you let the Oscar show just roll? You just let it roll. Mm. It's only 100. when When you add up all the time that is actually taken up in the show for giving out awards it's about 130 to 140 minutes. Mm. It's about a two-hour show. So it's only a two-hour show if you take the commercial breaks out. Mm -hmm. So find a way to make your money without those commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a a Hi, maybe
1: this, Maybe this is the sort of thing that's, that's really a, a, a bit of a loss leader for everyone. There are, there are, there, you know, there are in media yeah. sometimes, loss leaders. We don't make any money on this. Right now, Spectrum yeah. Television is paying 180-some-odd million dollars for the Do- Dodgers. Yeah. They don't make 180 no, million they don't. dollars. No, but, it, but, but it pays for it because it brings a whole bunch of other
0: folks over there if to the network every, for something else. If every Transformer movie had lost money that would have been a lost leader of, you know, what, a few billion dollars. I mm-hmm. mean, let's say, let's say three or four billion dollars, totally worthwhile to Paramount mm-hmm. because it enabled them. And all the toy and other manufacturers to make probably thirty billion dollars in merchandise. In merchandise, exactly. So, exactly. so there are there are creative ways of getting around this. Well, the Lego and,
1: the Lego movies are doing it right now. They're doing it this week. Look, Those movies are, are diminishing uh, money makers every time they make one, but they sell a gazillion freaking Legos.
0: If if what you want is a three hour show, here's what I recommend. You want a three hour show? Okay uh you have 24 categories that only need about let, let's let's be generous let's say about 140 minutes 140 minutes to uh actually make uh to give out the awards mm-hmm. so 140 minutes for 24 categories you want a three-hour show okay that's 180 minutes that's 40 minutes worth of commercials all right so that's about 80 commercials Mm-hmm. Or less if you want to give somebody a thirty second, a, a sixty second spot. Yeah, which you should uh, never do, by the way. Okay, so figure out how much money now that the show is manageable is are those spots worth? Mm-hmm. And raise the prices. And raise the prices. There you go. And so, there you go. Yeah. And now. No, that's that's how you that's how you do this. Yeah, ABC isn't thinking creatively; they're just being jerks about this, and they're jerking the academy around. The academy is being cowardly; doesn't know what to do. Oh, uh, most popular film? No, that didn't stick. Uh, ten nominees? That didn't stick. How about oh, yeah. up to ten nominees? Uh, that's kind of sticking because uh, you know we finally we finally got like *Stars* born and *Black Panther* in there. Some movies that people have seen. Mm. So okay, we'll we'll hold on to that for a minute. Uh, how about uh, Kevin Hart as a host? Oh no, that's not gonna work. How about no host? Okay, hold that, hold that idea. Uh, how about uh, oh, a shorter show? Let's put, them, let, yeah, let's put four categories. Uh, it's just they can't figure it out. Yeah, they they're, can't they're, get it right. Well,
1: there, there's in, in terms of the actual show, there is some very weak producing that goes on in the show. I'm just talking Terrible. about the, the actual producing of Terrible. the show. So, for instance, yeah. and I've, you know, I've produced a few you know, much, much, much smaller things, but the things that I would apply, apply no matter what the scale, and frankly, at the scale of the Academy, these things would apply even better. So, for yeah. instance, the, we should never see anyone – anyone except for a winner walk up to a podium mm-hmm. uh, no one who is presenting an award who is about to say anything right. to never see those people walk to a podium conduct the show such that everyone who is going to speak is already, already standing in front of a Thank microphone you. get a, do away with all patter We shall do no patter, either written or improvised. No. The human standing at the microphone will smile and say, Thank you very much. I'm Willem Dafoe. The nominees for the, and go straight to it, and that's it. And we're not going to patter, we're not going to smile. We're going to do this thing. That's it. And that's it, and knock it out. All musical accompaniment. Yeah. All musical accompaniment should never be more than about 15 seconds. Here you go. About 15 seconds and you're the fuck out of there. Now <laughs> look, speeches. People yeah. are going to give their speeches. But yeah. now that you've gotten rid of every other little moment moment of wasted time, the you speeches. can allow the people to do their speeches. There you go. You'll th- find that they'll need to get off that stage
0: um yeah.
1: they'll they'll go through it really really quickly.
0: They will. You know what the the one I always turn to is is Audrey Hepburn when she accepted it was I guess 1952 when she accepted her uh, best actress for Roman Holiday. And that was a funky year because they were doing it in L.A. and in New York, mm-hmm. right? So they mm-hmm. were kind of bouncing around. And it's a really – if you go onto YouTube and you watch it, it's really interesting because they they had, a, they had a film. Gary Cooper uh, announces the nominees, but it was filmed ahead of time because mm-hmm. he was shooting High Noon, mm-hmm. right? So he's on High Noon, and he, they, they show the film, and he comes up, and he reads the nominees. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have the winner. So you cut back to Donald O'Connor in L.A., Who does a little Gary Cooper impersonation just spontaneously ad libs it? It's very funny. Mm That real stiff way of talking. He reads the winner, Audrey Hepburn in New York. Cut to New York. She walks up. She's in tears. And she just says, I want to thank everyone who's been so supportive of me. I love you, love you very, very much. And it, she walks away. And walk away. It lasts like 15 seconds. The- and that, and that,
1: shook, that took place on two coasts it, and it, with, and with taped material and live material. It, come and, on. you
0: know. You, they, now that's
1: the way you produce a show.
0: That's the way you produce a show. <laughs> that's tight, man. That's we tight. Have, we have computers and gear and all this stuff now and satellites and they can't do it as well as they did yeah. 60 years keep, ago come keep, on keep
1: it tight don't worry about being funny uh yeah, people who are naturally funny
0: will be funny yeah
1: do not ever ever try to make anyone who isn't naturally funny funny no. uh, just don't do it don't do it get rid of the patter. tighten it down put everybody in front of a microphone and that's just it. knock that show out man yeah and, you know and that's the way you do it
0: yeah they, yeah. they need to figure it out they need that they, what they need they need you in the room <laughs> <laughs> you to make that exact pitch. Yeah, anyway, all right. Well we're gonna move into uh into DVDs and Blu-rays. We're yeah. gonna move on in and uh, and start knocking us out. We got a bunch of kid vids. So I'm gonna I'm gonna haul butt on this kid vid and just if you got kids, I've got a I've got a daughter, she's six years old now. Uh, school is a daily part of my life. It is a big deal, and I'm finding out all these things that all the different kids like and their gifts and all kinds of stuff. We did a Chinese New Year parade. The kids all dressed up and marched around the school into different classrooms singing Gung Hei Fat Choi, and it warmed the cockles of my heart. Uh, So uh, that was really fun. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of great kid vid out there. One that the the boys all love is Paw Patrol. And uh, I've never quite gotten it, but I know a lot of boys that love it. We got a possum collection now, 3 DVD gift set which includes Sports Day, Meet Everest and On the Case. We've talked about all of those previously and I don't know why they chose those, but it's a nice gift set. It's good for a good for a good for a birthday. You know, you got a birthday party coming up. A little, little boy will uh, absolutely love that. That'll be fantastic. We try to give books, but, you know, DVDs are sometimes good too. Uh, Shimmer and Shine, love them. Basically, kind of a spin off of the the aesthetic of uh, the Bubble Guppies, uh, except there's Little Genies. And I love Little Genies because I always think about Barbara Eden. Fight, yeah. fight of the Zaracorns is this one, also from Nickelodeon. Uh, just a bunch of new episodes Zaracorn Tickles and Zaracorn Salon, the Dragon Zaracorn. It's, it's fine, it's cute. Uh you know, it's not great, but I again I enjoy it for the Barbara Eden factor, a little animated kind of tribute in my head. Uh, Robot Riders is a an installment of Blaze and the Monster Machines that ba- uh, tries to take a page from the Transformers. It's pretty shameless, to be honest. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, I guess for little kids who are too young for Transformers, this is like a, you know, why not use Blaze as a vehicle to do that? Uh, I got four episodes here, including Robots in Space, which is kind of ridiculous, but I guess it's fun <laughs> for boys of a certain age. Uh, Peter Rabbit's Springtime Collection two DVD gift set also good for the kids, uh, for birthday party or whatever. You know, the Peter Rabbit, the live-action-ish Peter Rabbit that came out uh, about two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Horrible, just yeah. dreadful movie. No, no. Um, this animated show is much more faithful to the books and really kind of charming, and I still like it. It's really, really well animated and uh you kind of can't go wrong here. Uh so um you know uh, I I think boys and girls would thoroughly enjoy that one. That's that show's been a thing for a while and will continue to be so. Uh also from Nickelodeon, another Paw Patrol, Pups Save Puplantis. Um eh, it's reaching a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's the Aquaman thing, right? Yeah. See, that's, that's what they do. It's with, like, Transformers and Aquaman. Whatever's in the zeitgeist, whatever yeah. the popular culture is doing, yeah. these these writers, they're like, let's let's, let's piggyback on that.
1: It's, I'm amazed they thinking of the animation done so quickly. I guess it's, I guess it's not, you know, because it used to take a long time. It, it used to take anymore. a long
0: time, but no, now that everything is CG, yeah. it's all 3D rendered and modeled already, so they're working with the models. Yeah. You know, you don't have to draw everything from scratch. It's sitting there on a hard drive, a complete little, you know, three-dimensional dog. You yeah. just need to move it. Around and and apply the clothes and you know whatever other things you're going to add to it, uh, it's still work. It's still animation. Yeah. But you're you're working with with a with a skeleton that that you know in in two D animation didn't exist before. Yeah. yeah you're I mean, not little, starting
1: at zero with a, with a piece of white time. paper and a pencil. Yeah. That's it. You know, That's yeah. It.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, Power Rangers. Keep on coming with these things. This is n- not just Power Rangers. This is the complete season because these things now only last a season. Power Rangers have gotten to a place where they just burn out every new concept in one in one season. Uh, so this is the complete season, not of Ninja Steel, but Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel. And eventually there will be Power Rangers Super Duper Dragon Dinosaur Ninja Steel. <laughs> and I'm sure it will be all kinds of other things uh so i still don't really understand the difference between all the different power ranger teams but whatever uh you know there's like a an evil baddie with the with the with all kinds of gear and costumes and these guys put gear and costumes on and there's a lot of electrical flames and whatnot and Somebody says, you know, the bugaloos. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I love it. You know, really Power Rangers are just bugaloos. Yeah. They're just buggaloos with cooler costumes. <laughs> and all the villains are still Martha Ray. Bugaloos on diets. That's yeah. Anyway. Uh we're we're dating ourselves with that one. Uh, here's a here's a here's a cool little thing. So I thought this would be really stupid, but it's not. Odd sock eaters. Odd sock eaters is uh, well, uh, it's a puppet thing, and uh, they're all made from puppets. And the concept here is a little bit kind of creepy. These are based on books, actually, by uh, a, an author named Pavel Srodt, who I guess is Czech or Slav, or it's, I think it's I think Czech, a uh, originally a Czech concept Czech books, and uh, apparently very uh, very popular. I've never seen any of them. But um, the the implementation of the concept here is really quite interesting. It's a little creepy. I wouldn't I wouldn't show this to like a three or four year old. They're gonna have nightmares. But you know, for seven or eight year old kids, kind of a kind of an interesting uh, Eastern European Czech take on on puppetry. Uh, goosebumps two. Mm the Goosebumps universe continues to uh to thrive. Goosebumps 2 was a uh, a long overdue or long delayed sequel to the original Goosebumps and uh it's fine. I mean it it, it you know Ken Jeong is really the only decent thing about this but um you know, we love Ken Jeong, so I'm going to recommend it anyway. Jack Jack Black shows up for 30 seconds at yeah, <laughs> the end of still, the movie. It's so it's, terrible. It's, it's very mercenary. <laughs> i like, Man. Uh, You know what? You can never go wrong with a dog movie, especially one from Grindstone. <coughs> Excuse me. I've said this before. Grindstone, who has an output deal with Lionsgate and Lionsgate Premiere, Grindstone only makes two kinds of movies. Movies with pets. Yeah. Family films with pets. Or just hardcore action movies with, you know, Bruce Willis and whoever else is lying, you know, Nick Cage. Whoever else whoever is it that's like or Antonio Banderas. Whoever's yeah. lying around needs to do an action movie. Yeah, because so, one of the other is going to make money, but never it. both. That's it. It's a diversified portfolio. So anyway, they got we got another grindstone family movie through Lionsgate here. Got the Dove uh, seal of approval, which they always get. It's called Skate Dog. S-K-8-D-A-W-G. Skate Dog. And uh, who do they stick in this? Uh, Joey Lawrence, because he's not doing anything. And uh, David Arquette does the voice of Buddy, who's the bulldog who rides a skateboard. And that's all it is. It's a dog that rides a skateboard. He's cool. He's like Air Bud, (laughs) except he's on his skateboard and he drools. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. It sells itself. It's like we're in a time loop. I know. Hey, we got another dog one, except this is animated. It's Sergeant Stubby, an American hero. Look, he's a cross-eyed something. <laughs> yeah. With his, he's called Stubby, and it's uh, allegedly a true story. Also gets the dove seal of approval. Mm-hmm. And uh, this whole thing is like a World War One story, I guess. You know, the story of a dog that was so heroic during World War One. Got decorated and saved lives and was in the trenches and I don't know how true this story actually is. If it were really true, they would have done a live action movie instead of an animated one. Thinking, Um, Disney Junior and Fancy Nancy. Uh, This is ooh la la. I I am not familiar with Fancy Nancy. We have passes to Disneyland because we have a six-year-old daughter. So uh, it, it behooves you to amortize that cost because it, it's a reward thing. You know, we do something right, we'll go to Disneyland. So winds up costing relatively little per trip to Disneyland. Because uh, honestly, if you're paying full price for Disneyland tickets, once you've gone three times, yeah, you might as well get passes. They did raise their prices, though, didn't they? Yeah, we didn't get hit with that. Man, oh, yeah. oh we got. Wait, was that was that for out, out, out of state? That's or? everybody, really, because because they got the Star Wars land coming. Oh, out. Yeah, 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 and they got to pay the for that thing, which cost them billions. So they're they're they've, they've upped the that opens in the summertime. I'm not sure we're going to renew passes for next year because it's now super pricey. I
1: mean, I, I, although I do wonder if that had a little something to do with that whole sweetheart deal that you know, we're, we're going off into the weeds, but they had yes. a little sweetheart deal with the city of oh, Anaheim, Anaheim? with yeah. those taxes for a while, and That's that went right. away. And here we are, about a year and a half lighter in, in, in prices. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's you know it it it. Ah, well, don't get me going. I, 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 I think know, it's I, I know, think I it sucks how so much I they know. they charge for those tickets. It really does. You know, Walt would be hor- horrified. Anyway, Fancy Nancy is uh, is a character in a show I was not familiar with. They have not necessarily been plugging it to any significant degree. Usually you go to the gift shops and you see these things plugged to death. Anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's cute. I mean, it's good for girls. I'm not necessarily going to show it to my daughter because she'll want us to buy a bunch of more stuff. But... Um, you know, it's a cute character. She's, she's very, she's, she's just, she, she's very imaginative and all kinds of really cute little imaginary vignettes. And, you know, she dresses up and she's a, she's just a very, very, um, sprightly young little lady. And, uh, so fancy Nancy, we'll see how long that one lasts, mm. uh, on the uh, Sesame Street end of things. Got some interesting stuff here. Got the uh, the magical wand chase and celebrate family. Um, both of them are fine. Celebrate family just has three episodes, uh, the, the sort of you know the installments of things that celebrate things to do with family, uh, siblings. Uh, uh, from uh, is a full length uh, episode of Sesame Street. Then you've got an Elmo's World installment called Families, and then from uh, Sesame Studios, uh, Marvy's Song for Dad. So that's all very very sweet. And then The Magical Wand Case uh, is uh, three episodes, uh, two of them full-length episodes, and then one is a downloadable storybook, Elmo and the Lost Wand. Um, you know, just gives you no, no thematic thing tying them together necessarily. It's just very sweet and fun, and Elmo and his voice are always cute. A couple of Hello Kitty and Friends. Uh, Collection 1 and Collection 2, Let's Learn Together. This is very young, but it's also very educational, and, uh, I can recommend this. My daughter loves Hello Kitty. We call her Miss Kitty in our house, because Hello Kitty is kind of, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh this is you know Kitty and Mimi her sister and their friends and uh they uh they will take you through a whole lot of uh, really interesting learning activities and it is very very easy for young kids and very educational. I hope there are more of these frankly as a parent I definitely do. Uh I'll go through the last few here Wizard's Tale is a uh, an animated uh, an indip- uh, again gets the Dove series uh, Dove approval seal. Uh, this is an independently produced uh, animated film, uh, the CG animated. That's sort of not terribly great, you know. It's it's kids and the wizard and a dragon, and uh, it's got some decent voice casting. Ian McShane is fine. Uh, the writer of Ice Age Two was a, a writer on this. It's not. It's kind of a throwaway thing. Mm. Uh, My pet dinosaur uh, is is a little freaky, to be honest. It's re- it's better made than i expected it to be this is from uncorked entertainment uh not for really young children i would say it's a i mean I, i'd say i'd say you know 10 or 11 before you watch this it's kind of kind of an et vibe a little bit like baby uh the the old uh, william cat film people find a dinosaur it's oh, yeah. kind of in that kind of in that vein uh baby secret of lost legend uh, it's, but it's, it, it's got a little, a few rough edges to it. So I wouldn't say, you know, let, let your seven or eight year old watch it. The Little Witch, um, is a Studio Canal production released from Breaking Glass. This is a live action film. Um, that's kind of in the Pippi Longstocking vein. If you like Pippi Longstocking, you will like this. Kids and a witch and a lot of magic and discovery. And it's all very lighthearted and, uh, nicely art directed. So that, that's recommendable. Um, and let's see here. Another Ben 10. I'm getting very tired of this series. Out yeah. to launch. Uh, this thing is just, it continues to be sort of rehashed. It's like, like, you know, anime concepts in an American animated thing. Doesn't really do much for me. The Ladybug is uh, a kind of second tier bug's life thing. Um, it's, uh, this is also from Grindstone. They occasionally dabble in, uh, in uh, CG animated stuff. And you know the voice casting is the thing here. John Heater, uh, who's who's a friend, uh, does a lovely job here. Norm Macdonald, very funny. Haley Duff, the other Duff sister, yeah. also quite good. And uh, you know that so that also gets a Dove seal of approval. Those Dove, Dove people are out of control this year. Yeah, week. man. And then the last one, uh, something I am kind of fond of is a uh, Vampirina. Ghoul Girls Rock from Disney Junior. Feel the beat. Uh Vampirina is a cute concept. It's getting better. It's it, it it's the it's kind of coming along. Uh, a whole bunch of episodes here and bonus music video shorts. It's really cute. It's very clever. Uh it takes the whole kind of vampire thing and makes it innocuous and enjoyable and uh gives it a little musical twist like, you know, Josie and the Pussycats meets a yeah. little vampire girl. Anyway, it's cute. So, uh Vampirina Ghoul Girls Rock. That's recommended. All right, Tim, what do we got? Uh, some new movies. Yeah.
1: Some really, really, really super new movies. Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. I happened to talk about this one over on yeah. the radio show on the yeah. day that it came out. I, I rather enjoyed this wacky film. It's a caper film. Uh, um, uh, set uh, in the early '70s, right around the time of the Manson killings, and yeah. then, and uh, it, it takes place at this hotel that's right on the border. Uh, it's one of those wacky hotels that's like literally on the border between I don't know Arizona and California, something like that. And there's a stripe that goes right down the middle of the hotel. And on one side of the hotel you're in California, and on the other side of the hotel you're in Arizona. And it's funny because prices on the on the California side are a buck higher. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: for everything. And 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 you know we should point out this is a this is written and directed by. By Drew Goddard, yeah, who's become kind of one of the bigger genre guys in the business, you know, uh, co-creator of the Daredevil TV show, which we all love, yeah. And, you know, he did Cabin in the Woods. I was not quite so so fond of, uh, but you know, he he, he wrote Cloverfield, yeah. Uh, he wrote World War Z, you know, so he's he's been in the mix for for a while now. Yeah, uh, came out of the JJ Factory, and um, I, I I there's a you know I have some issues with how this film ends. Oh yeah, but. Because it kind of loses steam at the end. Well, for one thing, it opens so hot that it almost can't.
1: It it can't match the way it opens. The
0: first hour is pretty great. Yeah. It really is great, and it takes some great twists and turns. And, you know, the thing about this movie is, and especially for the 4K, why I, I think the 4K is really, really worth getting, Is because the art direction and the cinematography is so top top tier. It's it's what the movie's all about. It's so top tier. It's 1972. uh,
1: Everybody's in it Jeff Bridges, uh, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, and, And a really great performance. A uh, uh, by Cali Span, the little, little yeah. black. Oh, she's, she's great! She's so so she's good. So this good. Anyway, throwback, to, kind of playing know, Diana Ross, you a little bit. Yeah, uh, kind of a throwback to early, to early Tarantino. Yeah. A little, you know, part uh, there's pulp, a lot, of, part yeah. uh, Reservoir. You know, has yeah, got a all lot, lot that. of that stuff going on. So you know, uh, it's not like it's not a movie
0: you haven't seen before, but it's fun. It's fun, but it's so the, the art direction, uh, the the ho- the hotel motel itself, yeah, is such a great set, and it's a set. Yeah. But it's so well done. It's yeah. so retro, but it's it's designed. It's designed for things that are gonna happen later on in the movie. Yeah. It's designed specifically to accommodate the mayhem that is going to clearly transpire. But it also has some other stuff like you know, we won't get it, but where John Hamm is walking around, oh, yeah, around yeah, middle, yeah, yeah. you're like, that is wicked cool. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah.
1: can't find you had to build that. And frankly, not unreasonable for the time period. Not at all. This is set in. a lot no. of fun there. 4 uh, uh, I wish there were more by way of special features on this. Uh, uh, not much the you know, making of and all that kind of stuff but neat movie anyway if yeah. you just want to actually watch the movie yeah. The Sisters uh, Brothers I kind of thought we we might have been talking about at least the performances in this movie maybe John C. Reilly's because uh, you know he, he was he was in that Stan and Ollie movie yeah. uh, and he was in this movie along with Joaquin Phoenix and and, and Jake Gyllenhaard and ja- the,
0: Jacques Odiar's English language debut yeah, yeah. Uh, did, uh, A Prophet a
1: real, a real, yeah. A real, yeah A Prophet did, which is really really great and this is a good movie good solid movie these two brothers who are uh, you know Guns for Hire uh, uh, mercenaries, really, yeah. and and uh, and it's set uh, in in a time during the Old West when you know shooting somebody in the head was a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Um, John C. <laughs> C. Riley is starting to feel a little uh, bad or uh, guilt or empathy or mm-hmm. something about what they've been doing, uh, you know, as their as their work for for low these many years. While Joaquin Phoenix uh, thinks he needs to just pull himself together, yeah. uh, so that they can finish this job. Uh, you know, I rather I rather enjoyed this movie. I I think people liked it, and I'm a. Little surprised that at least John C. didn't get recognized. I thought he this, was really good in
0: this movie. This is one of those award season bubble movies, and it it comes out maybe a little too early in the season, gets some good reviews, gets some good buzz, and then gets completely rolled by all the heavy hitters that come out two, three, four, five weeks right after it. Yeah, and you get into it like our LAFCA voting meetings, which are always very interesting. And you get a lot of love for this thing, yeah. kind of in a few categories, and at the outset. But it's always on the bubble. It always kind of gets knocked down, and the, and and you wind up going through award season, and it gets nothing from anybody, gets nothing, no love at the at the Oscars. But that doesn't mean it isn't good. Yeah, it just exactly. means it was right there on the bubble the whole time. It's just sort of sitting there kind of kissing the critics' awards and the Oscars and everything else, and it never quite breaks through. But check it out because it really – it's an award-season movie that just didn't win any awards. That's all it is. That's it, all it is. It yep. you know, doesn't mean it's not
1: good. It doesn't mean it's not good. Widows, a lot of people like this a good deal more than me. I appreciated it. I never thought it had a chance at any sort no, of it, Award or anything, but, uh, though people were talking about it Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez – uh, Colin Farrell, never Robert Duvall. Look, it's a neat, it's it's sort of a neat or a reverse, uh, 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 a thriller, uh, uh film where yeah. the ladies are the ones that have to pull off the caper now because uh, the
0: husbands are either dead or in prison or, or whatever doing they, or, something or, yeah. scandalous
1: and hiding. All, yeah. all kinds of stuff is going on, so so the, these women have to figure out how to untangle themselves from these uh, dubious men.
0: You know, the the, the interesting thing here is. Um, there's, there are two things that are interesting. So I it w- wasn't until after I saw the film that I found out that the novel that it's based on was previously adapted into a British miniseries back in the, I guess, early 90s. Ah, did not know that. Yeah. And so I went and checked that out, and that's about five hours long or something like that. It's, it's much longer. It's more elaborate. It takes place in the UK, mm. and it's got more widows. Mm. There are like three more widows in this. It's not just, you know, the the the, the four that are here, uh, or the three plus the the, yeah. the one. And – um. That's uh, and it and I don't know that it works much better, but it kind of makes more sense if that's if that if that. I mean, obviously, you can't pack all of that story and all those characters into this, so they Mm. turn it into something else and they transposed it to the United States and gave it, you know, some some different dimensions. Um, And uh, I, I, there's still something missing, and 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 honestly, I have no idea what it is. For me, there's like it misses like Steve McQueen's direction is perfect. It really is. Like, he he nails this material as well as you could possibly nail it. Some of the heist stuff when you're inside the, the vehicles is great. I mean, it really is. It's just perfectly put together. Um but somehow Viola Davis is great Yeah, you know, Cynthia
1: Ervo again in this also was Liam uh, Neeson the, the, is the, great the, the, the Elroy, I think I said that was uh, Callie Spender but that was Cynthia Ervo yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and and yeah, Elroy, and in the she's here again all good performances Colin Colin Farrell very good in here playing yeah. the son of this politician she, who himself oh my, is running for gosh, yeah, that is so just good a, that is just a wicked performance
0: it's a great performance i mean Robert Duvall playing his dad right the retiring mm-hmm. uh, L- alderman and his yeah. take you know I, I mean there's some and the racial politics in here i think which are not in the original are very very interesting um but you know what i
1: can see why this would lend itself to being a miniseries yeah. rather than a motion picture that's the problem yeah. this is not a movie this is a television series yeah and it, because it was a television series and i can see exactly what the problem is now yeah. this is an episodic television series and they tried to squeeze it into a what hundred and some odd minute movie yeah about 130 minutes I mm, think it was it, The the Widows on Masses, the Chicago story, a three part documentary on this, which is more interesting than the movie.
0: But it is, I still still say, you know, it's worth watching. It's worth watching in 4K just because Steve McQueen is such a really great craftsman. And it's interesting now that he's trying to move into more commercial fare, you know? Yeah. Steve McQueen started, I mean, let's remember Steve McQueen is a painter. Yeah. He's not originally a filmmaker, he's a painter. And he's a very successful painter. And at a certain point, uh, he decided I'm going to try my hand at making movies yeah kind of like um, Julian Schnabel like Julian Schnabel exactly and his, his first few movies were incredibly artsy and very slow and methodical and meticulous oh he did the
1: one about the, uh, the guy Hunger that was, Hunger yeah with, yeah. with Fassbender uh, uh, Michael Fassbender and, uh, yeah. and then of course he did the other one yeah uh, um, uh, the, uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah. 12
0: Years a Slave was kind of crossing the line right it was still super artsy but it was accessible it was a more conventional narrative in, in a balance, uh, uh, an yeah. actual character. And now he's crossed over completely. Now he's just made a straight up commercial studio film, but he's, you know, he's given it his sheen, his style, yeah. his, you know, very meticulous way of piecing things together. I um I think it's a it's a it's an it's an interesting film to watch and it'll be interesting to see what he does next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the hate you the
1: the hate you give. This is a very powerful little movie that I love talking about. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. This movie is about a young black woman who's sort of living in, in two worlds: a, a teenage kid, her, the, the neighborhood where she lives, which is yeah. you know, a rough, tough neighborhood, and this sort of mostly white prep school that she yeah. goes to. She she witnesses a very good friend from her neighborhood uh being killed by the police and. It, just sort of spins her world world around, and she comes under all these sort of pressures to kind of pick, to kind of choose, uh, you know, who and what she's going to be.
0: This was a really big, really successful young adult novel. Yeah. The uh, the young woman who wrote it, I think, it was like twenty one or twenty two when it uh, it sold when it was published, and uh, won all kinds of awards for it. So it's a it is a significant. Uh, An- Angie Thomas. Yeah. Angie Thomas. Yeah, it's a bit bit of a big deal as literary source material. Uh, my only beef with this is that, and it's and it's not to do with the film. Because, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's an incredibly well-crafted film. Um, but uh, the it, it be, a young author is always going to be afraid to just trust the material to do a certain minimalistic thing at the end. Mm-hmm. But instead, this has like nine climaxes. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's really, really melodramatic at the end. And it really, really just kind of piles on more drama and more... Uh, crescendo than I think it really needs. And, well, it's that, uh,
1: thing, it's that thing where, where the, the, the young writer, and for that matter, filmmakers here yeah. too, uh, perhaps think that they will not get a chance to do this again.
0: And, you know, again, George, director George Tillman, uh, whom I've met because he's yeah, George, George's good yeah. friends with our, our, our friend Tina, uh, going back to Soul Food, Food which yeah. is a, just a wonderful film. Uh, Tillman has a really wonderful way of taking material that is that could be too dark and making it accessible yeah. and taking material that could be too light and making it just dark enough, mm-hmm. you know he knows how to kind of hit a hit a good hit a tone with that, and he does that here pretty, um, pretty. also worth mentioning is that the uh, the screenplay of the book was written by audrey wells yeah. um, Audrey Wells passed away some months ago, middle of last year she yeah. passed away I think literally the week this film opened um at uh, at age fifty eight Uh, of cancer. Very, very sad. Audrey Wells was actually a uh, a graduate student at UCLA when I was there. She Um. was in the same class with, uh, with Alexander Payne. And our good friend Alex had her as a TA uh for his for one of his classes and we, we were all very quite broken up about it so under she was,
1: un, under the Tuscan sun and yeah and, and, she and Guinevere uh, I
0: love Guinevere she wrote Guinevere too yeah, yeah. yeah so I a wonderful Guinevere. writer and uh you know just snuffed out right as her career was really getting kind of hitting a stride again so it's very very sad and um you know there's still one more credit she has over the moon. Uh, her script for Over the Moon will be made, and uh, that's that will be her uh, her swan song. Uh,
1: lovely legacy,
0: though, Audrey yeah. Wells.
1: Uh, yeah, just so we you, you, we noted all kinds of wonderful um, um, uh, special special stuff on uh, The Hate You Give extended scenes and a wonderful commentary track with George Tillman and uh, it would, it would Russell Hornsby and Angie Thomas and everybody. Else. So lots and lots of stuff on this one too. Uh, that you might enjoy. Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, there you go. Oh, boy, here we go. Um, all <laughs> kinds of controversy around this. The one thing that's not controversial to me with respect to Bohemian Rhapsody is that Rami Malek is really good playing... He's really good. ...Freddie Mercury. He's really and that, damn good. That is just a given there. He's nominated, and and uh, so, you know, uh, after that, it gets complicated. The movie, in and of itself, uh, some say uh, floats a little too gingerly over the life of Freddie Mercury. Some say... Hey, no, it gets way too deep
0: into sort of his whole game you know thing. It's and like this. Ah, man, come on. I don't like know. Like this. I know a little bit about Freddie Mercury's life. I'm a big Queen fan. Yeah. This is nothing. This this, this plays fast and loose with the facts. I don't care. Took a bunch of good Queen songs yeah. and a great performance by Rami Malek. They made a movie about it. I had fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I And you know what? Brian Singer deserves all the horror and hell that is befalling oh, yeah, him. It's complicated. But complicated, I can separate yeah. that from the movie. Uh, if you've read the Atlantic piece on Brian Singer, it makes the Harvey Weinstein stuff in the New Yorker and the New York Times look like candyland. It yeah. is, it is a horror show. And well, uh, sing- how much of this is ultimately him, anyway? Probably about eighty percent. About eighty percent. About eighty percent. You know, mm-hmm. he was fired with three weeks left to go in the shooting, and uh, the cinematographer basically directed the last three weeks, and the film was completed without his involvement. Um, and a lot of that is covered in the Atlantic piece, and you know, they separate fact from fiction it's it's you know so so if you can separate how you feel about Brian Singer and, and all of that stuff from the movie You'll you and and the fact that it's not very factual. You'll have a good time. It does play fast. And well, moves, you know but, my, you you know how I feel about biopics. Yeah, exactly. They're even, all kind
1: of... again. Rami Malek killing this. The uh, the the moments where they sort of work through the creation of these various different uh, 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 songs, uh, Queen songs. So it's really just a lot of fun. For one thing, they have the cooperation of, of the of the guys from Queen. So if there's Anything that's true in this movie, I think it's those moments of where they're sort of saying, this is the way oh, yeah. we came up with that song. Look, I think those are the true moments in the movie, and is, that's good enough for me.
0: You know what? It, it, it just, we will rock you alone. that That is such a great sequence. It's such a great sequence. And, yeah. and you know, look, I, yeah, I'm nostalgic. I grew up with all that music, you know? I remember when that song first came on the radio. I remember singing it on the school bus, man. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, a neat, neat movie. Uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We'll have to see how that all works out. Even there, uh, Indivisible. This is a lovely uh, sort of uh, Christian-based uh, movie. That's uh, that's it's not so, bad, that's right? It's not bad at all. It's not bad at uh, all. And yeah, and, uh, and I appreciate the faith-based it. Faith-based stuff is getting better. Well, they they've figured out a way to sort of work. Anyway, it's it's getting much better than it used to be. Uh, but it's a true story about an army chaplain uh, and his wife, the uh, the complications of, of him being off at war and and her having to deal with things along that you would probably understand and all. The kind of stuff happens in it you would imagine happens in it it really does live right in there with the sort of fireproofs in the war rooms and those other movies but it's about the people it's this about is, the see, people is, and it's what, well it's well made well yeah, acted well performed
0: it. well written they figured out two things which they should have figured out a long time ago but uh if the whole point of the movie is somebody is is going to find jesus and and uh rescue themselves from a life of of sin and horror and hell I know that's coming. That's mm-hmm. not a surprise. There's yeah. no drama in that trajectory. But if it's about people, mm-hmm. people who through a faith process are are just relating to other people and having struggles, and where the outcome is not a foregone conclusion, where faith is simply a part of the process, but I have no idea where you're going, mm-hmm. now I'm interested. Yes. yes right? Yes. yes. Wrap that up in some good production value and good performance, you've got me. You know what's funny? Uh, uh, um, uh, Tyler Perry? Yeah.
1: He's been making nothing but faith-based films his entire uh, career. But nobody calls but them But nobody that. calls them those. Yeah. You know, Medea's, yeah. th- that funeral movie, Medea's yeah. funeral? That's yeah. a faith-based <laughs> film, people. <laughs> yeah. But nobody True. calls him He's been doing it his whole career. But he knows how to do it right. Anyway, all kinds of special features on these films, too. It's really, really neat stuff, so... If that's where you are, you're gonna to wanna to check that out. Daddy Daycare. I remember oh doing the Grand Daddy Daycare. <laughs> I'm telling you I remember it's a Granddaddy Daycare. Yeah. Uh based on the Daddy Daycare movie, the, the, yeah. the old Eddie Murphy film. Here, uh you got Danny Trejo and Reno Wilson and Barry Bostrick oh, and all these. Barry Bostrick, oh man, it's just so, you know, uh uh it's 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 one of those kind of movies where yeah. you know, there was a good idea for a movie and they yeah. made it. And, and, then, and, then, and then, you know they, what? Let's make a movie just like it for half the money with people twice as old. <laughs> 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 and you can do that. Oh, and my it'll, gosh. And it'll be okay. That's, Whatever, uh, Danny Trejo. Danny, Danny's getting old,
0: dude.
1: Gotta but say, you know it.
0: what? <clears throat> Danny, Danny has his uh, his vegan taco <laughs> business going. <laughs> Danny which don't seems need- to be working, uh, <laughs> at least in L.A. And Danny, Danny is making more movies now than he has ever made before. Yeah. I, I honestly, we, you know, we get a lot of stuff in that we. I mean, we try to cover everything that we get in, but honestly. We get stuff that we don't even request, and and I'm get, I get like two or three Danny Trejo movies a week now, <gasps> uh. and it's like Danny, where are you? How do you find the time? Are, uh, seriously, he's making like he's making like a like a movie every six days. <gasps> it's insane.
1: Uh, that's an interesting life trajectory. I mean, this is a guy. He was in prison. He was in prison. I mean, you know, young guy, gangs, uh, drugs, motorcycles, yeah, the prison, deal. the whole thing come out and starts playing guys just like himself <laughs> well, in the, movies. Which happened when he
0: was in prison. Yeah. They, they yeah. were
1: shooting a movie in the prison it, and they cast him. I think it was American Me, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been. I, yeah, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and then and, and at this point, he's playing, he's playing granddaddy in
0: granddaddy daycare. You know, anyway, your yeah. life, anything can happen in your life, folks. Don't look. Look, when an, it, this is what Hollywood does to you. It takes a guy, it takes a hardcore criminal, turns him into a movie star, and then he opens up a vegan taco stand. <laughs> I, I you can't that, that's what Hollywood ha, and you know next thing you know Danny will be given uh, you know uh, interviews about uh, how colonics have really really refreshed his creative process
1: <gasps> oh man oh man oh man this yeah. is why I moved from St. Louis to Los <laughs> this, this, is, this is why we came here this, this is why little, we came here 30 years ago
0: weirdest uh, place on earth
1: uh, The Mermaid Lake of the Dead this is just a perfectly decent little horror movie about a young woman uh, uh, who, who's killed and and, and and there's a curse and she becomes a mermaid that's sort of a, and, and, um, you know it has to do all all that kind of stuff, perfectly fine little film, uh, with not a whole lot on it. Uh, kind of scary, might be interesting. Mermaid, Lake of the Dead, over there, Robin Hood. Man, I gotta tell you, I did not even know this movie came. The one with the, it I know. came and I went know. so fast, so fast, you know. And, and but it's not like they didn't promote it, they promoted the hell out of it. But I gotta tell you, it blew me away how how fast this movie came and went. Taryn Edgerton, Jamie Foxx, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, uh, in a Robin, so nice another uh, just a, a, another Robin Hood tale, a young Robin Hood tale that in the in, in some ways is exactly the same way as that Robin Hood film uh-huh. that came out when you and I were young film critics yeah. with Kevin uh, Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner and yeah. Morgan Freeman playing the Moor. Yeah. it's the same movie. I, I think Kevin. I think uh, I think uh, his buddy Kevin Reynolds directed that he movie. Did. He did. Uh, and that movie is a mess. In all the exact
0: same ways and for all the exact same reasons. What so upsets me is the one that could have worked was the Ridley Scott one with Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. But it went off the rails because that was the original script for that, which bears no relationship whatsoever to what they finally made, was the Robin Hood story told from the point of view of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, Alan that, Rickman in that movie, Alan I believe. Rick, no, uh, no, the, no, uh, no, that was the other one. That the was the one. The,
1: the, uh, the, the, the one that I was talking yeah. about before. Yeah.
0: That, Alan Rickman was in the in the costume one, but the 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 um that's an interesting idea. Where that script is, I don't know. But anyway, it wound up being the story of how Robin Hood became Robin Hood, and they wound up casting way too old Russell Crowe, yeah. who's the same age in that as Sean Connery is in Robin and Marion, Marion, yeah, opposite Audrey Hepburn, which where is he's at a, the end where he's of Robin's a, life. He's too old now to be <laughs> Robin Hood. None of that made sense. So no. we're still waiting for our great Robin Hood movie. Until then, just watch Errol Flynn. He's it good. wasn't this one. Deleted scene outtakes
1: of this, that, and the other thing on a two-disc Blu-ray set there. Got it. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll hit a couple of 4Ks here. Um, we've got Reign of the Superman from the DC Universe, DC Universe movie. Uh, 4K, really beautiful. These, these These original DC movies just look so good in 4K. The animation is sharp. And the plots are really good these these writers I keep saying this, but these writers should be the ones who are writing the the actual live action movies. Uh, they know the comics, they know the characters, and it's really really interesting uh this of course d- derives from a comic narration uh, from a a, a na- comic narrative and narrative in the in the in the comic books uh which is really, really interesting, which gets into um a it's a little bit like the Spider-Man, the current Spider-Man animated movie. Spider- oh, yeah, yeah, spider yeah, yeah, Spider-Verse. Where you're combining all the different Spider-Men from all the different uh, threads that Marvel has kind of created to, to open up this Spider-Man universe, all the different Spider-Men. And this is a little bit of the same thing. Uh, there are all of these different... Superman figures, figures that are part of the Superman universe that are brought together, brought to bear in this really, really interesting adventure. And uh, it's very, very well written. has some interesting special features on it, including one on Lex Luthor. And then we also have an extremely unfortunate movie called Hunter Killer. Uh, I don't even know where to go on this. This, this... This is a Summit premiere movie released through Lionsgate, their sister company, financed by Millennium, uh, that is just straight-up Avi Lerner through and through. This is everything that Avi Lerner and Millennium have ever been on steroids. This is like Hunt for Red October crossed with, uh, I I don't know, Dr. Strangelove crossed with, you know, every other macho submarine Yeah. Uh, you know, Zero Dark Thirty, whatever. It's all mashed together. Um, it, it, World War Three is imminent because there's been a coup in Russia. And uh, in order to stop the coup, you need to get, like, a hardcore Gerard Butler, who's the submarine commander who never went to Annapolis. He came up through the ranks. He knows, you know, he's, he, he's down with the common guys, with the shop stewards, <laughs> right? And he's got to command his go rogue with his... Uh, with his uh, submarine and go and stop the coup in Russia, while another team of SEALs goes behind enemy lines and does something, the whole thing makes no sense. It's so, it's just so off the wall. And Gary Oldman shows up for some reason to yell at a few people in the, you know, <laughs> at, at Com Central. It just doesn't make any sense. But um, uh, you know what? Uh, and Common is in this for some reason. Common's yeah. an admiral. Yeah. What, what are you? Uh, I don't know, man. What is Sometimes his,
1: uh, Common's people—they—they they do some kind of way. He shows up in those John Wick movies, and that's kind of okay.
0: He's making almost as many movies as Danny
1: Trejo. Yeah. You know, and like, he's divorced of Microsoft, and he's—it's it's
0: <laughs> crazy. He's the hardest working man in Hollywood. I'm, I'm not, I'm,
1: I, don't, I don't. I don't see why they didn't tap him to host the Oscars. Seriously, right? Ser- I mean, seriously. Yeah. You, you got nothing on Common, man. Yeah, and uh, you know anyway, whatever yeah, let him go I mean, you know, that kind of thing uh Hugh Jackman, the front of the Gary Hart story, Boy, 1988 did this, oh, did this tank. Uh, it just tanks so hard and so bad, a uh, decent cast uh, of this thing, Hugh Jackman playing Gary Hart uh, and, and of course the the um, the the incident around the 1988 election with Gary Hart had to do with uh, him being on this yeah. boat called the Monkey Business uh, uh, as he sat there, I and remember that uh, Donnie, just like it was Rice came man. and sat on his lap and a picture was taken and In- this is the interesting thing. More interesting than this movie, yeah. about the incident is the incident itself. What actually happened? Yeah, rather than watch this movie, uh, which is wrong, by the way. Not only is the movie a not particularly good movie, the movie is wrong. The movie gets it wrong. Yeah, the movie gets the historical facts of what. Uh, put it to you this way: Guess what Gary Hart didn't do? Gary Hart did not have an affair. With, with Donna Rod, Rice. Rice, I know. Most people think he did. Most people think he went down because yeah. he lied about having an affair with Donna Rice. No, Gary no. Gary Hart didn't even know
0: Donna it's, Rice. he
1: never met her until she <laughs> sat on his lap that moment. That's what's true. Yeah. But, you know, they don't get it right in the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a, It was another time. Yeah, and I think that's part of what the movie wants to show. It just doesn't wind up doing it very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a subtle work. Anyway, uh, uh, filmmaker commentary, deleted scenes. Uh, Hugh Jackman
1: got to figure out something to do when he's not playing Logan. Nobody's <laughs> fool. Uh, Tyler Perry film with uh, Tiffany Haddish and Tika Sumter and Omari Hardwick and Whoopi Goldberg, and it's kind of cute. It's about these two very very different sisters. One of them, a wild child, has been messing up for a long time. The other one uh, seems to have it all together and uh, to to be doing it well and all that kind of stuff. And then when you look behind uh, the curtain, maybe it's not all exactly what it looks like it is. This is okay. It's funny. There's some stuff in this movie that actually made me laugh out loud. I wish it would have been more funny and a little less raunchy. The one thing that I don't care uh, for um, with the sort of new the new way I, look I'm, I'm, I love that all, that the ladies are doing comedy in big in big raucous wild comedic movies that's fantastic I don't think that they should always just try to do what boys do be as dirty and as obnoxious and as foul mouthed as you possibly can you know and you know some of that's all fine but I, I don't know I I think they can get there in a different way uh, nevertheless mostly funny Tiffany Haddish has a has a couple of really good gags in here. Uh, There's a couple of gag reels on this thing as well as a whole lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Two DVD set, Blu-ray DVD set. Nobody's Fool. Tiffany Haddish and Tika Sumter. The Guilty. I rather enjoyed this movie, uh, which generally speaking I would have thought of as being sort of hacky, but the storyline sort of worked for me. So you got this cop. Uh, who's been assigned to dispatch duty because he was he screwed up. He gets a phone call. Oh, a uh,
0: screw – yeah, okay. Yeah, know. you know, and he
1: gets a phone call. A woman in, a woman in distress, uh, 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 she's been kidnapped. She, she hangs up very – you've seen this story before. This is all about, though, how this cop, who can't go out into the field and be a cop, has to use all of his techniques and his skills, but with other cops out there doing the actual work, so that he can find this woman before you know what what will probably go down goes down. He has to think his way through it instead of shooting his way through it, and it's pretty it's pretty damn thrilling. I, I'm always a little surprised when one of these pops up and it doesn't do all that well. Um, um you know, but you know this is a, this is a neat little movie, The Guilty. I liked it quite a lot. Norm of the North. Keys oh, to no, the Kingdom, a Norm uh, of the North movie.
0: Another Norm of the North, because <laughs> <You> know, there <laughs> aren't enough animated polar bears.
1: Oh, yeah. Norm, Norm, uh, the, the King of the North, he goes to New York to accept the keys to the city. He gets framed for a crime he didn't commit, and now he has to clear his name, and blah, blah, blah. It's actually kind of cute stuff. Rather enjoy the Norm of the North movies. That's fun. Wade, what the hell is this? Once Upon a Time Deadpool, a fairy tale twist <laughs> on Deadpool <laughs> 2 the whole gang can enjoy so,
0: in glorious PG-13. Here's what they did. They They made a charity uh, endeavor out of Deadpool 2. They took Deadpool 2, which is Mm R-rated. They recut it into a PG-13 version, and then they added a whole new frame story to it where Fred Savage is basically (laughs) playing himself, and he is kidnapped by Deadpool, and he wakes up in a room strapped to a bed that is decorated like his Wonder Years bedroom. Okay. Okay. And he and Deadpool have a whole ongoing conversation, and Fred Savage is, of course, the nerd supreme, like as Deadpool is telling him his bedtime story, his Deadpool bedtime story, and Mm -hmm. you get into the movie. It's all this self-reflexive, self-referential... I mean, honestly, if you have Deadpool 2, there's probably no reason to get this because it takes out all the swearing and all the gory stuff. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand... All the new material with Fred Savage, which they probably shot in about three days, if even that, Mm -hmm. which is all in one room, is hilarious. Interesting. And the fact that it's suddenly making fun of itself because now it's a PG version and they can't say certain things. It's so funny. So I, I almost don't know what to tell people. All the proceeds from this re-release over the holidays went to charity. Oh, so which was a nice, like I get, I get what they did. It was very clever. They're sort of promoting the Deadpool franchise, bringing the movie back, keeping it in people's minds, selling me more of the other one that they don't have to give to charity. Yeah, and making like this. You know, I get it. It's 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 pretty callow, but nah, at the same nah. time, no. It's re- no one's done this before. Yeah, no, I it's rather. Really I, smart. I, I, I
1: rather enjoy the idea. There because yeah. Prince Savage was clever kid in Princess Bride, right? That Peter Falk yeah. is
0: telling the story to. It's it. It is exactly that. that's what you, they, that's what we're looking at. That's right? what you're looking at, <laughs> yeah. and they even ref- and it's all referencing referencing the Prince's Princess Bride. <laughs> even makes mention of it. <laughs> I love it. It's so hilarious. I love it. I love it's it. super super funny. So anyway, got some anime here to uh, kind of blow through. Uh, really interesting show. There's, there are two different series uh, that are part of this, Banner of the Stars and Crest of the Stars. Uh, both of these are uh, about battling this evil empire called the Ob Empire. Look, it's Star Wars. Just, it, it is It's is. It's straight up Star Wars Both of these You know the triple alliance And uh, oh, it, it, Look It's just straight up Star Wars uh, And you'll and you'll see it You're like Oh it's the evil empire The whole thing And if it isn't Star Wars It's Star Blazers And Space Cruiser Yamato uh, Which are all same Star deal. Wars But Which are all Star Wars <laughs> But But it's It's really really well animated And really well done And some very interesting characters And uh, It's just a lot of fun It's just a lot of Really really It's really really fun So uh, Banner of the Stars And Crest of the Stars Both of them from fun animation, both on uh, DVD only, not on Blu-ray, really, really worth checking out. I, uh, I think those are a lot of fun. Um, we've also got The Silver Guardian Seasons 1 and 2, which is uh, one of these, uh, it's a little Tron-like, a couple of kids mm. that, uh, you know, like to play this really, really elaborate uh, video game. Um, called Grave Buster. Anyway, one of them uh, gets sucked into the game, and you know the other one has to has to rescue her from the game. It's 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 a, a little bit like I guess uh, Ready Player One. It's got some of that vibe to it as well. Except it's all anime. Silver Guardian seasons one and two Blu Ray DVD combo set. It's fun. It's decent. Um, uh, Urahara the complete series. Only if you like the kind of preteen teen early tween. Uh, sense of humor in anime that's the only way you'll get this this is just uh about some teenage girls who are really really upset that their um uh their favorite hotspot, their favorite fashion hotspot, is uh is being taken over by some uh aliens <laughs> and and so they're gonna open up their own pop-up shop and uh do little commercial battle with the with the evil aliens look the aliens are ba- – it's, it's, it's like everything else in anime. It's a metaphor for cultural appropriation mm-hmm. and people who are taking Japanese culture and all that kind of stuff. In that sense, it's, it's interesting, but otherwise it's just kind of goofy and silly. Uh, anime Gatari's, the complete series, is, uh, is also kind of interesting. This is an anime about anime. Uh, another high school thing uh, about a girl who's you know joining an anime club, and that's kind of cute. You're like, oh, she's a little anime character, and she loves anime. Wait a minute. My brain is short-circuiting. How does that work? Uh and then there's you know some supernatural stuff and the school's trying to shut the club down and whatever it's okay. Uh not great. Just kind of sort of cute-ish. Uh Kono Hana Kitan the complete series. Uh this is a fantasy thing. It's you know it I I, I don't it doesn't uh, it's a little bit far-fetched for me. Um I didn't quite understand anything about the world it's recreating. Um, it kind of feels a little bit like they're trying to do Dragon Inn or Dragon Gate Inn, the old King Who movie or the the uh, the, the remake of it, uh, except in a kind of a Japanese fantasy context through anime. And I, I it's a little bit strange. And then, lastly, uh, before we wrap out the show, Kuma Miko: The Complete Series Essentials. Never really understood why that Essentials has to be on there. They do that every once in a while on anime. Uh, this is about a, um, uh, a a a priestess named Machi who lives in this little tiny village where she in Japan where she's never had any contact with civilization, and she lives with a talking bear. And now she's ready to to, to kind of work with the bear to get ready to go and tackle the big city and, and give us the weirdest fish-out-of-water anime you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> um, does it? Uh, again, it's very strange. I wasn't sure if I'm supposed to be laughing at some of this or not. Uh, you'll laugh anyway, but there it is. Ah. So that's that. Mm. All right. So we are – man, that, that hour flew by. Yeah. Uh, that is it for this week. And Next week, last show before the Oscars. So uh, we'll see how we feel about that. If you are, uh, if, you're, uh, if there are any tickets left, go to uh, scpr.org or to the Ace Theater ah, yes, homepage. Yes. Tim and I will be on stage on the 17th, afternoon mm-hmm. of the 17th. What's it, uh, 1 o'clock? 1 o'clock is when the actual PM. big show starts there at the Ace. 1 p.m. on the 17th at the Ace With all Theater. the other critics, of course. All so. the other Film Week critics t- uh, prognosticating our Oscar choices, arguing with each other, hugging, loving, insulting one another. Um, boy, I got some zingers for some of our colleagues. <laughs> I do. I already it's know you,
1: you. and I will be on together this time. That's right. It's yeah, we, we're, the, the, we're, we're in the same us. group.
0: Yeah. So I, 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 I already know who I'm gonna pick on. And it's not you. <laughs> it's it's Lail. I think Lail. Look out, Lail. Oh uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. I already know who I'm gonna pick on. Uh, so anyway, we, 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 we're gonna have a lot of fun clips, and it'll be great. Larry Mantle is, a, is, an, is a scholar and gentleman, and, uh, and hosts the show in the best possible way. So it makes us look good. All right, everybody. We will see you next week.